Order up. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Matter of Taste. So, Chris, my extended family's Christmas party is coming up this Saturday, and I was going to make some kind of cocktail. Oh, but, ho, ho. Uh, my dad's side of the family is pretty big, so I need to make something for a lot of people. Any suggestions? Ah, so you don't want to have like a, a Jack and Coke and everybody makes their own. You want to come up with something you can make a big batch of? Yeah, I'd like to whip up, you know, a punch, a sangria type of thing, something festive and maybe something that packs a little punch for some <sighs> for some fun. Yeah, punches are, punches are great for big family get-togethers and. Um, there is uh, a variety of th- ways that you could go. Would you want it to be wine-based or spirit-based? Uh, I think my family is very much a wine family, so not a bad idea to go on the wine side. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, we sat down and talked with Joe DeLuca, who is a expert on all things alcoholic and probably other things. Um, and he is a bartender at Turn, Ritz-Carlton's bar and restaurant, and uh, he had a variety of ideas that, that I thought were pretty good. And from, from what he talked about, we'll hear from him in a minute, I wonder if you want to do one that has like, a, you imagine like getting an ice ring and that kind of thing in it? Do you have a big punch bowl to start with? you got to have that. I don't, but that's, <laughs> thank God for Amazon Prime. Oh, God, good. Um, I can start there. I didn't think about doing an ice ring, but that would be a nice touch too. Something that I could maybe garnish with... You know, a little bit of maybe some cranberries floating in the punch, you know, something exactly. like that. Exactly. I think Joe even makes the point that with the ice ring, as the evening wears on, the drink gets a little more diluted so that Uncle Charlie may not fall into the <laughs> tree. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, just a thought, festive look, that would be pretty good. When that is would... the event? This weekend? Yeah, this weekend, this Saturday. My, my parents host the, at, at their house every year. Just all of our extended family gets together for Christmas, so... We do it before Christmas so that everyone else can spend Christmas Day with their immediate family. Oh, that's a that's a clever idea. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, there the list of holiday drinks, holiday cocktails, holiday punches, it's it's endless. And I did learn a couple of things from Joe DeLuca, and I think uh, hopefully the audience will learn some stuff too. Had you ever heard of the Tom and Jerry? I've never <laughs> had heard of a Tom and Jerry. Like, not only is there a drink called a Tom and Jerry, there are sets of dishes that you could get specifically for this one drink, which is apparently wildly popular in places like Minnesota, Wisconsin, it probably spills over into Michigan, and as far as I know, even here in Ohio. So I'm either going to make that this season or I'm going to seek it out at some holiday restaurant or bar. So here's our conversation with Joe DeLuca. Um, again, he's a bartender over at Turn over at the Ritz-Carlton. So we're here at Turn Kitchen and Bar up in the Ritz-Carlton downtown here. And we got to thinking about how the holidays are coming. And I think the holidays are more than just eggnog. And we're here with Joe DeLuca. And he had mentioned before we sat down that you're launching a new drink menu um, within the next, you said, I think, two weeks Yes. So how do you build a drink menu and do you take the the season into consideration? How does it all kind of come together? Absolutely. Uh, We we work as a a team here at the Ritz-Carlton and so each of us are responsible for recipes and and particularly a new menu for signature drinks. We're each responsible for one spirit, one recipe. We look first at seasonal ingredients. Um, our, our, Our kitchen runs that way. Our philosophy runs that way. And so you may see a lot of citrus fruit, especially grapefruit, come up 
because it makes sense. We also start looking at things that um, certainly spur memories in people. Uh, the idea of our traditional Christmas spices. We're working with allspice and cinnamon. We're working in the autumn season, even coming into Christmas with more apples than we would say spring or summer. Um, and that's where we begin to build, is really on seasonality. Um, and, and also, is there any clever way that we can pull it and tie it back to Cleveland history? Because we like to feel here at the Ritz that we are uh, the concierge of the city, that we're, we're out in the forefront making sure that we're good ambassadors for Cleveland, um, our, our, our collective history, and our collective future as we move forward as a city. So I, I think Stephanie's right about eggnog comes to mind. Absolutely. <laughs> on, on a holiday drink. Uh, maybe, I'm going to say anything with peppermint schnapps, you know? <laughs> oh, well, I, listen, if you like peppermint, and it, it, it's, you know, uh, f- find a good high quality one. You know, there, there's not a, <laughs> our choices are kind of limited out there because most of it's fairly inexpensive. Um, you know, I, I know that some people will, Roll their eyes, but Rumplemints is actually a pretty good flavor profile <laughs> when we're talking about yes. using something peppermint. And listen, you know, classics, classic flavor profiles never go out of style. Peppermint and chocolate is always going to work. <laughs> it's going to work. It worked last year. It's going to work this year. It'll probably work next year. Um, so we see peppermint, but you know, we see things like allspice, and I mentioned grapefruit as we look at seasonality. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also look at drinks that we can make. On mass, things that we can make in big batches ahead of time to serve our family and friends at holiday parties. Uh, my wife's family is uh, mudslides. Oh, uh, that's what we drink when we get together at the holidays, and there are <clears throat> leaders and leaders of TGIF Fridays <clears throat> mudslide mix. Um, there's, there's, there's better ways to make that, folks. I, uh, go, go out and buy some Mitchell's chocolate ice cream. Ah. You know, something nice and local. And, Whoa. you know, add, add, you know, maybe a little Grand Marnier to that and, and, and uh, uh, some bourbon or, you know, a little bit more elegant, maybe some cognac. And, and start your mudslide there. That in a blender get you, you know, a little bit of heavy cream, you know, the, the fat-free heavy cream uh, with your fat-free Mitchell's yeah. chocolate yeah. ice cream. <laughs> um, but you can, you can build a build a, a mudslide that is really fantastic with a pint of ice cream and a, a bottle or two. <laughs> yeah. Now, do do holiday drinks kind of, as we're talking about this and I'm thinking about it, it runs a pretty broad spectrum because what you put into eggnog could be could be rum or it could be maybe another spirit, bourbon, um, wines, like a wine punch. You could oh, do. well, you know, as Clarence the Angel uh, was sitting in martinis, what does he order? You know, I'll have a mulled wine. <laughs> um, uh, and so we see, I, I'm seeing a return of traditional things like that. I, I've got a... a, a very dear family friend whose family's background is um, Swedish and they they certainly have very traditional drinks that they like to make and one of those is glug which glug is really it's really um, nothing but a mulled wine where we're taking red wine fortifying with a little bit of brandy but adding clove orange peel allspice uh, traditional baking spices uh Warmed up on the stove, it's truly fantastic drinks uh, in small amounts. <laughs> right. Yeah, mix, mixing wine and, and brandy, it'll, it'll get you there kind of quick if you're not careful. Um, you know, uh, speaking of eggnog, uh, you know, there's 
Eggnog, I think if we're in the Midwest, it, it's hard not to talk about the Tom and Jerry. Um, what, what? You mentioned this when we were talking about doing this episode, Tom and Jerry, and i got to say, I never heard of it. Do tell me. Uh, Tom and Jerry um, has probably disappeared even from Cleveland in many ways, but if you get up into Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, the drink is alive and well, and it's a modified eggnog that's using both whiskey and brandy, and you're making a batter out of egg yolk and sugar and cream and spices, and you fold that into warm milk, add your spirits, and then the egg whites that you separated, you whip to stiff peaks and you kind of ladle that on top like you would steam milk in a cappuccino. And uh, they make, enti- I mean, they used to make entire Tom and Jerry sets, and they're these white milk glass punch bowls with matching glasses, and they say Tom and Jerry on it. Uh, the drink probably early 1800s several people uh have claimed they created it including really uh the the godfather of modern mixology jerry thomas in the 1880s he in fact uh besides having his solid solid silver shaker sets and spoons and diamond lapel pen had two white mice one called tom one named jerry and it is rumored that they would actually perch upon his shoulder as he shook (laughs) drinks behind his bars and wherever he was bartending because he he bartended all over the country uh he was certainly the the, one of the best well-known bartenders of his time uh, but we see we, we see it going back, uh, him claiming that, but we, there's some evidence that it probably goes back about 60 years prior to him. Uh, it's a fantastic drink. It's something you're going to see, you know, in the old traditional um, steakhouses up in Wisconsin. Uh, you're going to see the Tom and Jerry at Christmas time often. I've got a Tom and Jerry set uh, at home that we do non-alcoholic and alcoholic uh, Tom and Jerry's uh, during the holidays. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful drink. That sounds fun. I'm going to seek that out this yeah. se- season. <laughs> reason for the season. Nice. Um, what about um, what about punches? Uh, you got you got a pretty good suggestion, a good recipe. In my mind, oh. I remember my parents taking like a bunt cake mold and making ice and throwing fruit in there. Absolutely. And then, I don't know Zinfandel. I don't know, like I, 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 I was too young, but this is what I want to recreate, perhaps. Um, uh, I, I like recreating that drink as well. I, uh, Grandma Molly uh, had had certainly a punch that she served um, in a temperance household. Um, I had gin to mine. Uh, sorry, Molly. <laughs> um, you know, it really is a balance of sweet and sour. Um, those are two main components. Uh, weak and strong, so you need something non-alcoholic and something alcoholic. Uh, and generally, you need some kind of spice in there. And that gives you five basic ingredients, which if you look at the Hindu word, the Hindi word for uh, five is punch. And we th- Again, you know, we can sometimes stretch our imagination and make some very clever little stories that all tie together, but we think that English sailors uh, and late 1500s, 1600s as we're coming around the Cape of Africa um, as they're stopping and they have fairly poor spirit as they get off ship at different ports they are gathering these ingredients to make their daily ration taste better and so we have um, really uh, the beginning of what is called the flowing bowl or the punch bowl Um, the punch bowl is interesting as a way of social drinking, it's a great way to put ingredients together put that big um, bunt cake ice cube in there because it's important to have that in there. You make an en masse drink. As that ice melts, 
it gets weaker and weaker throughout the evening so that Uncle Bob um, actually can stay up till midnight because it was the same strength that it was at 7 p.m. At, min- at midnight, uh, everybody's going to be a little too far in their cups, and that's the beauty of punches and the, and the history of punching. We could probably spend four hours on a podcast alone on how it crossed the ocean and how many punch bowls were served at uh, George Washington's inaugural event because we know these things uh, wow. through government records and, <laughs> and tales. But punch is great. I, I, I do one with... Um, Orange flower water. Uh, you can find it in a Mediterranean store. Um, use an easy hand with it because it can get a little uh, soapy if you get too much. I like using uh, a little bit of uh, dry ginger ale with mine. You know, pineapple juice and the piece de resistance, lime sherbet. Because oh, why not? I mean, yes. Oh, wait, and gin. <laughs> and gin. Yes. Dude, but it has to have sherbet. Yes, I totally It really is. And you can switch it up. You don't like, you know, that, that pineapple goes well with orange sherbet or rainbow sherbet or whatever you like. But I really just kind of, you know, there's no wrong way to do it. Uh, you want it to be nice and bright. You want to have sweet to it. Um, your, your, your spice is usually something like nutmeg, uh, nothing too overpowering. Huh. Nutmeg is, ha, has a very long tradition uh, with the Dutch uh, and the English uh, as far as a finisher for cocktails. It was sort of like the pineapple. They were such uh, extraordinarily expensive items uh, in the 1800s to, get, to actually grab. Why, why is the pineapple the symbol of hospitality? Because you would buy one for... $100 back in the 1800s just to display it to show how rich you were. And it became a sign of if you could afford a pineapple, you could afford great hospitality. Um, they would get as many miles out of that pineapple as they could on display back then. But nutmeg was the same thing. I mean, there, there's unfortunately a genocide of people attached to nutmeg because it was so expensive and we finished drinks off with it, and especially holiday drinks with it. So another thing that I associate with the holidays is cranberry. Mm-hmm. So what are some drinks that you would serve up that's not just a cranberry vodka? That's a that's great. Um, I go back to um, there's a great cranberry product available in Ohio. It's a cranberry wine from made from 100% cranberries, which true fruit wines are very expensive. Most fruit wines are a blend of grape juice and whatever fruit you want it to taste like. Um, but there is, um, there are wineries uh, out of Michigan, I believe there's one out of Indiana as well, who make 100% cranberry wines. That's a great base to start off with. And it's as simple as making a spritzer with that. Uh, I've done that in the past, and that cranberry wine with soda water or even a, um, a Sprite or even tonic or a bitter lemon a little bit of orange, however you want to add that orange into that cranberry and kind of pop it off, whether it be a little bit of Grand Marnier or even just a little bit of orange oil expressed out of an orange peel. makes a really simple, easy drink. Cranberries, you know, cranberries, uh, we're so used to what we see in the store. A lot of that is grape juice mixed with cranberry extract. Uh, You know, if you've ever had just cranberry, real 100% cranberry juice on its own, no sweetener. It's really shockingly kind of stiff and astringent. Yeah. has a lot of tannins in it. Uh, it needs some sugar to kind of overbalance that. Um, I don't suggest, you know, we always talk, you know, cranberries come in cranberries. Why go buy a bottle of cranberry juice? Do it yourself. No, honestly, cranberry is one of those things where you want to find a good cranberry um, 
Well, I know yeah. we were talking about bitters during the, uh, our, our little break prior to this. Um, there's a great cranberry bitters out there from Fee Brothers in Rochester, New York. Oh. I use a lot of that during the holidays where I can add a cranberry flavor to something without changing the color. But that cranberry flavor comes over top really nice and bright. That's another you know easy way to add cranberry into the holiday drink. And then again, you could just have champagne with some pretty cranberries floating because they'll <laughs> actually kind of rise to the top and sink to the bottom on the uh, CO2 bubbles. Elegant, easy, just a glass of champagne with a uh, fancy floating fruit in it. <laughs> nice. Well, you just prompted me to think about something. Um, if you wanted to give an adult gift to a friend, I was thinking, you know, uh, sometimes you could all oh, give them a nice spirit, a, a bottle of one thing or another. So there's two thoughts, really. One is, uh, would, it, would you suggest getting someone uh, one of these exotic bitters, you know, like it's something that they might not think of if they enjoy cocktails to say, hey, I'm... I, I put some thought into this, uh, or is that a little too abstract? No, no. I, I, I get asked for this um, several times a year, and, and it's actually gaining steam. Uh, emails and phone calls I get from friends, family members, and and even companies um, who want to give a bespoke gift. And and what I'll do is develop a recipe out for them print a recipe card for them. They buy all the ingredients to the cocktail, and you give that entire package as a gift. That's so awesome. it has the spirit, it has the bitters, um, You know, whether it has limes or lemons, you include that, maybe a, a citrus squeezer, but you can actually put together a really bespoke, nice gift, uh, well-wrapped, um, that they can make cocktails on their own on, on, on Christmas morning or over the Hanukkah season, or uh, it, it's... So just not the bitters. Make sure you give them everything else they need to make the drink. That, 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 that answers <laughs> Except my, the bartender. But, you know, they have the recipe card. They can follow it. That answers, I guess, my second question, which is, you know, is that is that a classy move? Is that too old school to be like, oh, I got my friend Todd a bottle of bourbon? Like, I, uh, I think, I think, I think, you know, Todd probably will appreciate the bottle of bourbon on its own right, as well. well. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like the idea of giving them the option of, here, here's something that we put some thought into and created, you know, uh, this bartender created a recipe or or you just found a, a great recipe online and put put it together yourself. You don't have to uh, search out somebody. We, we're, we're such a wash in information these days um, with, with great websites that really care about craft cocktails. Uh, and they can put you in the right, right direction on how to build, you know, a small package like that. That's, uh, I think, very thoughtful gift. Well, I think it's fair to say that um, spirits, alcohol, drinks, beverage, those are part of the holiday season. It, it gets, is. The, the winter spirit. moves in. Yeah, you know, um, uh, you have any other thoughts on what people might want to try this holiday season? The Tom and Jerry's a great suggestion. Like, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, Tom and Jerry, you know, um, I, moving into the cooler months, uh, we tend to think of darker spirits and celebratory Um I think we all drink probably a little bit more brown spirits. I would suggest, listen, if you're out there and you're loving bourbon right now, really start looking into entry-level cognacs um, as a a wood-matured spirit made from grape versus grain. Very elegant, works very well in many of your bourbon cocktails. You may have to lower your other ingredients down a little bit to let it, the, the cognac shine through. Um, I think we it's a perfect season to get into the deep and dark single malts 
uh, the Islas, the, the, the Ardbegs, the Lafroigs, the Lagavulins of the world, these big campfire and smoke flavors as you're sitting by the fire. Uh, I always think those are extraordinarily appropriate. And, you know, we, we forget champagne, champagne, champagne. Drink, think champagne all the time. Um, bubble shouldn't just be for celebratory. Uh, it actually is such a, a pretty wine and so food-friendly. It's also porch-friendly. Uh, I think sparkling wines, even if it's not champagne, even if you're looking at cavas um, from Spain or, or uh, anything that's legitimately done, Method Champagnois out of California versus forced carbonation, these are fun things to drink and celebrate with friends and family, that's for sure. Well, I do appreciate you giving us these thoughts to keep us warm as we head into the cold winter months. <laughs> it's coming. Winter, it is. winter is coming, they say, and I do think it is coming. That's okay. The holidays are coming, too. Happy holidays to both of you. Indeed. Well, thanks again, Joe DeLuca, for taking time, sitting with us. Look forward to a happy 2019. That was the one and only Joe DeLuca telling us his thoughts on holiday cocktails, holiday punches, holiday drinks. Well, knowing that you have a task in front of you, did anything that Joe said stand out to you? So the idea of that kind of sweet punch with the sherbet, uh, he mentioned you add some orange flower water, some dry ginger ale, pineapple juice, which I love, and then you throw in some gin and some lime sherbet. That sounds awesome. It sounds very kind of sweet and sugary, but I think you could throw in some, you know, fruit and whatnot, let it float around. I think that's a winner. Maybe you could make that Wednesday night, and then I could come over and try it to make sure that it's good enough for the family. I like that idea. Yeah, I don't know how WKYC would feel about me bringing in a giant punch bowl into the newsroom, but... (laughs) Right, it's for research purposes. Honestly, honestly. Well, I I really loved his thought about uh, doing more than just getting a friend a bottle of wine or a bottle of booze and going with a bespoke cocktail specially created for for a friend. I I don't know which friend that might be, but I really kind of think that's a fun idea. Get some some fruit and the mixers and I don't know, the right person would really really enjoy that and I may have to try a couple of different drink options at places like Velvet Tango Room or um, I'm going to try the Holiday Bar on the corner tonight actually near 9th and Euclid. I'm going to give that a shot. Yeah, what I like about the idea of kind of creating a cocktail for someone as a gift is first off it's very personal and it's really thoughtful it lets them know that you're thinking of them in a way where you're saying hey i made this just for you and like you said you weren't sure which friend it would be for but it really could be for any friend as long as as long as they like to drink yeah exactly and again you know we probably should say if we haven't already you don't have to have spirits to make the season bright you know it's, it's not required to have alcoholic drinks at the holidays but many people do and it is kind of a fun way to have an adult beverage and this is a, a thoughtful way to do it. It's it's a really easy way to get creative, and it makes me think of the screams of Pinterest. <laughs> I feel like you could find so many different recipes. All you would have to do is do a little bit of searching there, and I'm sure you could find all kinds of cute and creative things for your friends. Absolutely. Well, hey, if you're listening and you have any ideas that you think we should try this year or next or anytime, please give us give us a shout-out. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Can of Spaghetti. And I'm at 7th Inning Stuff. We hope that you have had great time listening to our show. We'll have another one next week. We'll see you next time on Matter of Taste.